Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon i hope you're well my guest is an actor a screenwriter and model as well as the founder of viva loboba a boba shop with many other offerings in san bernardino california who i'm catching at a great time when she's basking in the glow of great doughboys episode (laughs) so good on which she guessed it. Please welcome Tansu Philip. Welcome. Thank you, Brandon. Happy to be here. This is so cool. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I again, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah. I uh, before we get to the question that I always ask, which I forgot to mention, is is what we do. About to ask you, so you can prepare if you want to mentally. The deeply unfair, easy to ask question about how are you. But before that, backstory was that um yeah, like I said. Heard you on the Doughboys episode that was, as of the time of this recording, nigh upon five days ago. Mm-hmm. Great. Great show. Learned a Thank lot. Thank you so much. Thank Learned you. a lot about Boba. I'm an absolute Boba neophyte, as we will maybe get into at some point <laughs> no in the near future. Yeah, it was awesome. So I was just like, man, I bet she'd be fun to talk to. And here we are. So Thank you. No pressure. You. I better be yeah. entertaining as fuck now. <laughs> Am I allowed to cuss on this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, just wanted to check. But no, this will be great. You're so easy to talk to already. This will be awesome. Okay, good. And likewise, it's just two Geminis just talking in the middle. Geminiing. <laughs> Geminiing out. Geminiing out. We're ticking all the boxes to what our positive traits are very vocal verbal people yes so there we go perfect and very social i think that yes is, you know that's a huge benefit to us i think another thing they say is like that they're like uh, they are we i guess we are generally like inclusive talkers i think try to like bring people in try to like you know make them feel comfortable so you know if yeah, we're gonna gemini at each other this is great yeah i agree i agree <laughs> um gotta start somewhere so you might as well start with the deeply unfair question both how are you but also how have you been thank you for asking i have been good and i don't know how deep i have to go into this question or how deep i should go rather but as much or as little as you want to so you know since this is kind of a podcast that started uh with covid i think it's fair to go back a couple years to when covid first started and say at the time I was doing well, and I almost feel bad about it when social distancing and, and uh, masking and all that went into effect. I felt guilty that I was enjoying all these measures and that yeah. I enjoyed having a break from people, including my family, which is horrible to say. But just the nature of it, at least the first couple months, I really liked it. Obviously, I... I was so upset that so many people were suffering and even dying. Like, I'm not a demon. I, I wasn't happy about that. Yeah. But in terms of my personal well-being, I have a history of depression that thankfully has since, you know, been dealt with thanks to therapy and medication. But COVID almost gave me like a little a little time to make sure my mental health was on the right track. And I'm I'm grateful for it. But again, I do feel bad. I do feel bad saying that. Obviously, it wasn't all roses and butterflies for everybody. But in general, you know, COVID's kind of kind of been a good thing. I like that people keep their distance from me physically. I like that people wear masks. These are things that I kind of always wish were happening. I hope this is not taken out of context in the future. No, absolutely. No, first of all, no, I will not. I will absolutely not do that. But uh, what if that was like, some like me editing, but also like a certain percentage of what you just said was just me like 
Wow, get a load of this controversial take <laughs> on the next episode of Social Discussion. Yeah, the headline is like, Tunsu loves yeah. COVID, loves to and, see people suffer. And I'm just living my life like, man, why didn't nobody I ever have on the show want to come back? It's so weird. I don't understand. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, but the, I think the one thing that can be underestimated at that time, to be fair to you, was there was also a sense that it was temporary. Absolutely. And that actually felt like a, 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 like a, a bit of a... A short-term reprieve for all we knew for, you know, a stress and and for a lot of people that were like workaholics or like that was just all they had. It allowed them time without being penalized for, you know, feeling like they're getting behind or, you know, or playing to their anxieties maybe that come with that of being a workaholic. It allowed them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And so it allowed them to do that without feeling like they there was no like FOMO for lack of a better word. For exactly. Anything. No, I'm so glad you mentioned that, that the fact that we thought it would be just a few months or like even six weeks and then this will all be sorted. That really played into it. Cause I will say after like month five, I was like, okay, this is getting old. Yes. This is starting to uh, affect my day-to-day life more, more than I thought it would. And then, yeah, that idea of, Hey, this is nice to get a break kind of faded. But in general, yeah. to answer your question, I've been doing well. I think people have been doing a lot worse. And so I'm very grateful to be the one who can say, hey, it was for the most part manageable and I'm grateful to be here. That's good. And obviously, but I think also to be fair, it's one thing to say like, I mean, good, you know, and it's which is still phrased in a way of like, relatively speaking, all things mm-hmm. considered, so many things, but it's one thing to be like, fucking, I'm thriving. I'm living <laughs> my best true. life. This is, I tell you what, these last two years, best days of my life. That <laughs> right. that'd be one thing. That was like, wow, well, perspective is something perhaps one is lacking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it does feel like very bittersweet and weird in a yes. way of just because like, just because you want to preface with the thousand reasons why you completely understand why it's it is what it is. Like it, it it's it's all so much. I mean, everything is so much. It is a lot, whether that's for good or bad. You know, even when things are good, having it be a lot can be a very overwhelming sensation. That's something I've learned in the past few years of my life. Like, even the good things can be overwhelming. Absolutely. Like, you can be thirsty and drink water, but too much of it and you drown. So Yeah, wow. That's a, that's a good one. I'm back-pocketing that one. Oh, take it, please. Gemini-isms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I do feel, feel like... Uh, I don't I don't know that this is a Gemini thing, but in, in that I th- maybe how I learn some or understand certain things sometimes is like through aphorisms, I guess, or, you know, like summarizing them neatly in a way that allows me to be like, oh, OK, yeah, I, I got it. You know, maybe it is a Gemini thing because I feel the same way. It's like translating into English for me, you know, absolutely. And so that's why sometimes when somebody says something to me, a friend I might say it back to them, but in a summarization, just to make sure I understand. Yes, yeah, I do that too. Did you yeah. do speech and debate in high school? I didn't. We didn't have that. No, I guess we did. No, I never did. I was too, uh, man, in high school, I was so like shy and anxiety ridden. Uh, ridden. Um, before man, I under- I'm sorry but- to hear that. I feel like you would have, You speaking of thriving, I feel like you would have loved speech and debate. I would have, I think. Uh, I think that would have been fun and also this the competition aspect, but... I didn't, um, yeah, I, you know, it's that thing where, like, when you're a kid and you kind of just, it's all you've ever known is just to have, like, some form of anxiety. You don't really think about it being anything. Sure. And then later in life when you get a better understanding of it yourself and you kind of, like, take medicine to help with anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. Yeah, that you realize, so oft gang myself. Man, uh, I've, what do, what do I take? I always 
I always want to say Lipitor. Like, that's not what that is. It's, uh, I'll think of it in a second. I always forget. And name. you do not have to disclose. I'm not trying to reveal oh. your medical history uh, on here. But I just wanted to say I, I can very much relate. Yeah, it it's it's very much like, a, you know, once you have that context of it, of like not having it as much or being consumed by it, you're like, oh, yeah, no wonder like certain parts of my childhood are kind of blurred because it was just anxiety. Totally, It was yeah. like overriding everything. And I, are you ever bitter about that? Because sometimes I catch myself being bitter and I'm like, not that it's fruitful to spend time, sure. you know, regretting what could have been, but sometimes I catch myself being like, damn, if only I had had medication earlier or knew about therapy earlier but that's no one's fault right it's just how it is it is you know it's i guess i i look at it admittedly more of like kind of unemotionally not like mad about it i suppose or just like man that sucks i really wish but i'm like thank god i have it now so it's like outlook you know it's kind of yeah i would have it it would have helped a lot absolutely to have it sooner but maybe at the same time, uh, maybe I had to be in that position to accept it and to be ready for it, so to speak. Yeah, and maybe we wouldn't it. be where we are now if we didn't go through all that. Absolutely. That's the way I look at it for a lot of things is that I don't, you know, there are plenty of things where I fucked up and I, and I regret it, certainly. But I also think that right now, today, this second, if I'm happy where I'm at, you can't have one without the other, so it kind of yes, it sucks, and you learn from it, but it also is what it is. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to applaud that. What a good, Thank what a you. good positive outlook you have on life, as you should. Well, thank you, and it is so much easier said than done. And some days you got it, and some days fucking everything sucks. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you know, there. so it's like right now, today, uh, it's shining, sun is shining outside, so it's really hard to. To feel the world weariness of everything, despite knowing it's all in the background. So, this is know. a hard pivot, and I don't mean to to oh, run please. this podcast for you. I just have no. so many questions. What okay. is Little Rock, Arkansas, like? Great question. It is, you know, on the on the bigger picture, Arkansas is a place where you probably don't ever hear about it unless it's a bad thing. Um, that's fair. You know, so that's not great, but at the same time. It's like, well, at least we're not Texas. Yeah, and at least you're not Florida. Talk about being in the news for bad things. No, no joke. I mean, Florida is a what a what a fascinating mess of a state. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's being. I think that's being kind. That's being uh, kind. Yeah, I yeah. went recently for the first time, and I I don't know that I would ever go back. And I went to Disney World, and I'm not a Disney person. Let me start by saying that. So I was going to ask you about own, that too. Yeah, my own mistake going, but my God. My God, it's it's a it's a lot. It's a lot, uh, a lot of different kinds of kinds of folk there. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very specific state too because of well, a the Floridians in general, but also that they get you know snowbirds as they call them, people coming down from the right. north for winter. So then it really makes a a fascinating energy of a state. I imagine I, that's exactly how I would describe it. I'm glad you said it. So. I've been there many times, both, yeah, Disney World, but also, you know, be, uh, going to, like, a condo when I was a kid on the beach in mm-hmm. uh, Myrtle Beach. No, that's not right. Anyway, some beach, I, they all kind of run together, but more closer to the Gulf of Mexico. And it's, 
it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Is it? Are the beaches nice though? Because I never. I was only in Orlando. I never made it to the water. And I can you surf in Florida? I surf. If surfing is an option, I'm I'm open to it. Miami just, is Miami different? Is it more like Cuba or is it still Florida? I have so many questions. I've been to Miami. I don't think I've been to the Florida Keys. Miami has its own energy. I like it quite a bit. It's a very cool place, I think. But it's it's different. And I think to your point, like the more Cuban and maybe like Caribbean runoff helps with sure. the energy of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and diversity at least. I absolutely. Hope. Well, yeah, absolutely. And uh trying to think. I we mainly stayed whenever we did the beach stuff on the Gulf of Mexico side. So it means so it was more like easier to wade in and just kind of enjoy the water and the beach. Oh, that's a vibe nice. in itself though. And it was great. It was really great. I, I have a lot of great memories from that as a kid. But I you know, I wonder, maybe you could do some surfing on the Atlantic side. Maybe. Oh, now that would be cool. I'll look into it because I'm not, I don't want to totally write off the state on the one experience I had. So I'll give it one more shot and we'll go from there. Maybe understanding the energy going back is would help. Absolutely. I was I was way too naive the first time around. Way too <laughs> there's naive. No, there's no there's no mental preparation possible for that. You know? <laughs> they don't give TED talks on how to prepare for Florida. Yeah, how to acclimate in Florida. You're so <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we need a master class from some like notable Floridian to, <laughs> to teach us the ways. Yeah, um, it's so yeah. It's well, intense. thank you for answering all those questions. I've I've always been curious and well. Yeah. Okay, sorry. One more question: Is sure. the food ask in Arkansas what, ask whatever. good? And by the way, I never really answered your question. To be fair, I just said what Arkansas was like. Um, the Little Rock is just a it's a nice place, nice people. I understand. Again, the national news being what it is, the reputation proceeds it in certain ways that aren't great at all but uh it's called the natural state for a reason a lot of beautiful parks places to hike do oh outdoor i never stuff knew that actually to. i didn't know that yeah that's great previously it was the diamond state which makes more sense for us because diamonds are located or can be cultivated in arkansas only what? in other place yeah you can get you can go diamond uh digging i suppose what okay, which is that's the only very cool what are you only place about? Outside of uh, North uh, North Africa, where you can get diamonds. That is the most random thing I ever heard in my life. How cool yeah. is that? I would really play into the diamond state thing. I, yeah, I don't really understand the natural state. You know, it's as as opposed to the forty nine other man made states. It doesn't really <laughs> make a lot of sense to me. Never yeah. understood it. Diamond state is like that is like it's both it's kind of evocative and interesting. Like diamond state. Okay. Yeah, that is so cool. It's bringing up imagery of when California was in the gold rush. Meanwhile, you guys have diamonds. Come on, that's so cool. They're a girl's best friend, from what I understand. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah, it's what I've heard. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great state. Uh, cuisine wise, that's what you're asking. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm always very curious about the food scene. So, we have way more diverse food options than. Either you one might think, or I am projecting that one might think. No, because so, I assumed that it wouldn't be great. So I'm curious to hear. It's deceptive. We have places not, and mind you, it's some some of them are just single iterations of this, but we still have them. Uh, there's a place that has Argentinian food. There's a place with Central American food. There's what? a Sierra, Sierra Leonean place. There's a Middle Eastern place. We have a, multiple, several Indian places. Oh my God, um, you guys have a great food scene. Are you kidding? We don't even have that in my small town of Redlands and I'm in California. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah that, so, that gives me perspective. Taiwanese we have and Chinese and Mexican, you know, ton, you know, 
in terms of volume of places, it is pizza places and Mexican places. So many. Oh, I never would have guessed Mexican. Why is that? Oh, a ton. Yeah, we have a ton. I guess just being part of, I was just, you know, in retrospect, you would think that maybe there's this like Southwestern runoff from that uh, being, you know, right by Texas and not that far off, you know. Oh, I, guess I see. And Mississippi, Louisiana. Yeah. I'm looking at a map as we speak. Yeah, I'm terrible at geography. Terrible at geography. So I'd have to do the same thing. But yeah, a, a lot of Mexican places. Wow, that is so. Hey, and so okay, if you wanted to hop in your car and drive to New Orleans, is that doable, or you'd have to fly? Oh, you can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's we're right above it. Granted, we're going from, in my case anyway, the middle of the state, central part of Arkansas to very southern or more southern Louisiana. It, well, let me look that up, actually. How long yeah, that I'm, I'm on Google Maps. This is so cool. I've never met anyone from Arkansas, and you're a celebrity now. <laughs> Perfect. I'll put that on the Wikipedia page for Little Rock, Arkansas. So Arkansas. New Orleans to Little Rock in a car is about seven hours, which is how long it takes to get from SoCal to NorCal, which is very okay. doable. If you're a Californian, yeah. at, least, at least it's very normal. I imagine, though, you're probably geographically closer, and it's more of a traffic congestion thing, maybe. Is that right? That's yeah, why possible. it would take so long possible the uh yeah i've been i've done that drive to new orleans a fair amount of times because my dad was born and raised in new orleans so oh, how cool so do you have family there to this day uh more not like direct more like cousins and things in in uh new and like the outlying areas in new orleans like covington louisiana Oh, I sure. Did, yeah. I feel, though, if you live in the fun city, it's like it's their responsibility to host all the get togethers and everything. Right. Nothing against Little Rock, but, you know, everyone should meet up in New Orleans. If you're going to say Little Rock or New Orleans, somebody's going to pick New Orleans <laughs> every time unless they're from New Orleans, in which case you wouldn't be asking them anyway. Exactly. So, yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. And by the way, I'd be concerned if they didn't. Right. Because, yeah. I, because I mean, granted, we have plenty of things to offer. And if you if you hear about like actors who do movies in Arkansas, and granted some of that might be PR, but a lot of them seem to pretty earnestly like it's this place is great. You know what? Um, I'm gonna manifest that for myself. I hope I book a role that requires me to be out there. Well, I'll tell you what: our film industry, our our film scene, is burgeoning right now, and they're filming a lot of things. Like John Malkovich filmed something here. Wow. John Cusack did recently. Wow, uh, that is really cool. What's his name? The actor's name um, is escaping me. Who has a podcast? But then again, who doesn't? He um, is it. Dak Shepard's the only actor I know with a podcast. I'm I'm painfully out of tune with the podcast world. There are I I know he's one of them. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Anyway, they two famous actors met each other on the set, and they're now like engaged or something. Uh, and they filmed in northern Arkansas. So that is so cute. Personally, I would never date an actor, but more power to them. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a lot. It I think like it's just like a bad idea. And you know what? Maybe that applies to any industry. Maybe you really shouldn't be with someone in the exact same industry as yours. But what do I know? Well, you know, when you you look at like, hey, Gemini's, it's never another Gemini, right? It's somebody. Oh, absolutely. Other, not. It's so <laughs> other. It's I think it's imbalance is important you know the venn diagram of the overlap needs to be uh two circles overlapping and not just one <laughs> yeah. circle on top of each other yeah agreed it feels like a great way to just like just it feels like an egotistical move honestly I in agree. a weird way to be like yeah i agree well no shit we're like the same person yeah yeah that's it's so <laughs> nice to 
to be with someone who's different than you. Do you have a significant other, Brandon? I don't. I do not. I have a cat, but that's it. Hey, that is someone that is someone significant in your life. She keeps me in check. So the Venn diagram of the cat and myself <laughs> is not one circle. She she whips me into shape. So yeah. That's great. Yeah, well, you great. know, this is so random. I'm not plugging this on the podcast. You could totally edit it out. This is me no. just telling you. Um, I have a matchmaking service of all things that really? I do for my friends. So if you're ever, if we ever get to meet um, in person, we can discuss. And if you ever want to be with, I think most of my, the people on my list are Californian, but you know, who knows? How do you do that? Something. Is that with an algor- algorithm? No, it's that? all personal. It's just me. I have a Google form that I have my friends or even a friend of friend that I've vetted fill out. And it, it talks about how far are you willing uh, to go or how far can this person be yeah. what what genders or identities are you interested in what are three non-negotiables what are some traits that are negotiable but you would prefer you just fill out the form and oh, then okay. i'll set you up on a few dates so it's truly like in the more vein of like the tradition of matchmaking exactly which kind of goes you know is very much a thing in indian culture as well which is hilarious like no one in my immediate family has gone through an arranged marriage it's a little yeah. too out of touch for us but this concept of matchmaking, I've, I've always really found interesting because if you really trust someone and you trust their judgment, which I'm lucky that so many of my friends do, it would make sense that you would want like a well-connected person or someone who knows a lot of people, Gemini, to uh, introduce <laughs> you to somebody else, right? So I've, I've, it's one part of my culture I'm very much tapped into. Well, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I like that a lot. And, and it makes sense too in that there are plenty of instances of people like meeting at parties that were mutual gatherings of people they know. So in a sense, that is a version of that, but a more concentrated version. So it makes exactly a, a little more purposeful. You can skip sure. the oh, we're we're chatting over appetizers and go right into hey, Tunsu likes both of us and can speak for both of us. What if we would have fun on a date? And if you don't, it's not the end of the world. I've had plenty of things where it's like it didn't really work out, but hey, they were a cool person. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It seems like it's relatively low stakes unless you're like i will be assassinated if i'm not set up with somebody in one successful <laughs> right. amount of five weeks you know with real life life resulting stakes stakes but well actually just thinking about this um not to make you the arbiter of indian culture but is are arranged marriages is that more of an archaic thing now is that less so, prevalent? I don't know how to answer it because in my experience, which is I've never actually lived in India. I grew up in Kuwait in the Middle East where, you know, obviously it's a different culture. And my parents had a love marriage but are now divorced, LOL. And yeah. my grandparents <laughs> had a, a love marriage and are still together. Everyone, no one in my family has had an arranged marriage. So from my personal experience, yeah, it's archaic. But then have you heard of the show Indian Matchmaking? I've heard of it, but I don't know much about it. So is there's it honestly no need to watch it, but okay. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's, you know, entertaining show. But when I first sat down to watch it, I assumed, oh, it's going to be like the old school way of doing things like this is going to be interesting. Turns out 99% of the couples that she matched up were young, were, were my age. I'm 26 and were volunteered to do this. And I think a common misconception with arranged marriage is that everyone's being forced into it. And that was the misconception I subscribed to as well. Turns out in this day and age, in modern day India, it's very much a thing you volunteer yourself to do. Because, well, I guess we then we're getting into the definition of arranged, but it's kind of what I'm doing. They, they're they not going to force you at the end of the day. 
but it is a thing where the families are a little more involved and have more of a say in like, hey, you should or should not go on a date with that person. But um, no one is forcing anyone to do anything for okay. the most part. Obviously, I'm sure there are you know, so many people in India that are being forced against their will to marry someone that they don't want to. But, but predominantly, kind of, that's it's, it's more of a... It sounds like, yeah, a little bit closer, at least closer to what you're doing in that... It's people that are informed about these other people saying, oh, this would, this would be, this would work. Exactly. Which I think, so that allowed, it allowed for a redefinition of what arranged marriage is, which I like. It made me stop judging it so hard. And I was like, this is not unlike what I do for my friends. Well, and that makes sense because I guess my perception, yeah, to your point was a misconception that oh, this is a mandatory thing. It, it sounded almost more like a servitude thing. Exactly, You know, yes. and it sounded like they were resigned to their fate and that was a whole other thing. But it knowing totally. that, I'm like, oh, okay, thank God. Okay, great. <laughs> and that's how they portray it in like the old school Hindi movies that I would watch growing up, all these Bollywood movies. It's like, I love Rahul, but I'm being forced to marry Rohit. And I was it's like, very God, Shakespearean. this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this guess, sucks. This is horrible I, for them. How dare they? And it's not like that. I guess it's way more inherently cinematic that way, but very, oh, very much so. A lot more well, conflict. Well, when the U.S., you know, we get so few relatively foreign films that that's for better or worse. Uh, that's how we learn about things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, things. very true. And then you—that's how you get like misconceptions about like, oh, okay, well, that's just a thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I was curious because, admittedly, I'm saying that, and I'm in, that's how I was informed. No, me and me too. And I'm literally Indian. So don't worry about it. We, you know, we all, we all have our things. Um, before we get into Boba, cause I do have questions about that, but of course the, uh, your Florida trip, you went to Disney world and Disneyland in a two week span as a, Oh my God. How did you know that? Did you see on Instagram? Yeah. I saw it on Instagram. Oh my God. I'm so glad you saw that because I, no one else seemed to think that was as fucking cool as I thought it was. I thought it was pretty wild. It was like a bar crawl, but for theme parks. And right. And as like much as you, one can. Yeah. And if you would have told me as a kid that I would do that, a kid who had never been to either, I would have been like, you're kidding me. There's no <laughs> way. So I, I do think that was really cool. But I go on. That was really cool. Well, it's, that's a, it's kind of an assault on all of the senses doing all that probably because you're riding rides, you're going on a park walking miles a day in the heat, depending on which of the states, but probably heat in both states, mm-hmm. California and Florida. But And then also trying so many different foods. I saw the video and the foods oh God, were the disparate part. and amazing and intense and so much. How was it? Oh, such a good question. Let me begin by saying in terms of how I enjoyed these experiences, that I am very crowd averse. This is maybe the one thing. Me too. Okay, yeah. So I think people assume we're really leaning into the Gemini thing. People are going to think we're super into the Zodiac, but it's just fun to talk about. Really not, but but it's... Yeah, we're really not, but but it's just fun. Okay, to preface this real fast, that before we recorded, we did talk about it, but it's more in that uh, this is not this and I'll, I'll... I'll carefully, tentatively speak for you, but this is what we were talking about, that we are, uh, we, there is something to it in that there is accuracy with regard to what they say about Geminis, for sure, and about, in my experience, other people with other uh, astrological signs, but it is not uh, everything. It's not yeah, like not our a car hits me and I'm like, oh, wow, uh, Pluto must be descending. <laughs> right. You know, I don't know much about it i just kind of selfishly know 
what they say about Gemini's, I'm like, well, that's right. So there must, there's something. Yes. It's not everything. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm never, I never like commit a crime and then say, oh, I was a bitch because I'm a, just a Gemini. That's just how I am. Yeah. I blame <laughs> everything. I'm being born on June 20th. Like this is what I, <laughs> this is my plight as a June 20th person. Kid, yeah, Nicole Kidman exactly. and I are going through this at the same time. <laughs> um, okay. So that was a, a disclaimer. So this is one thing that maybe makes me less of a Gemini is that I'm very crowd averse. Yes, I'm very social and I love people, but I am... And maybe this is something that developed uh, later in life, closer to the end of high school, beginning of college, is that I, I don't like big crowds. And that's why I haven't gone to Coachella yet. Also, yeah. I'm not into concerts, I think, for the same reason. But um, so as it is, whenever I get invited to go to Disneyland, which thankfully uh, is often because I live only an hour away and... Um, I have a lot of friends who go and, you know, pass holders and all that. I'm always, it's always grateful. I'm always grateful to be invited, but it takes a lot of mental prep uh, to go. I can't just show up and hope for the best. I'm a big planner. I have to figure out what rides I want. Yeah, and, same here. Yeah, and if they're open and like, what's the best time to go so I don't have to wait in lines, all of that. I'm, I'm very anal about planning. I need so, the I need the control that comes with kind of having an idea of expectations. Exactly. I am not a spontaneous person. I don't like to see what just happens. If there's any way I can control every single possible outcome, I will. So yeah. <laughs> as a result, these Disney trips uh, were very, very planned out. The first was a gift from my friend Drew for my birthday. It was a, a belated gift. We went together. Um, and she really spoiled the hell out of me because Disneyland is expensive. Both of these places are incredibly expensive. Not only are you paying for your ticket, you have to worry about paying for parking. And then the food is not cheap. I think by the time you get there, you kind of think, oh, this is affordable because you've already paid so much. But damn, it really adds up. But I will say the food was so good. And I'm really grateful because unless i'm on a lot of edibles which i was at disneyland sometimes it's hard for the magic to translate when you're older yeah. than when you're a little kid you focus maybe more on the crazy crowds and like oh i have to wait in line and less on the wow i just saw mickey or whatever it was when you were younger and so even though i was high as a kite i i really had a good time because they put so much thought into the quality of the food and I never knew that was a thing Disneyland did. As someone else had to tell me like, oh, wow, are you going to eat there? Because the food is so good. And I'm so glad they told me that because, yeah, damn, they're sweet treats. They're, they're ice cream, which I'm usually not an ice cream person. So good. The, the theming, even the way they theme their foods, for example, at the Star Wars land, they have this something called a Ronto wrap. Now, I've, I've never seen Star Wars, but I've, I've heard of the Ronto wrap, but I've, I know the, the blue milk. Yeah, the blue, all that. Man, super good. I didn't try the blue milk. We have something similar at my boba shop, so I figured I'd save the few bucks. But yeah. I was I was just pleasantly surprised. And so a week later, I just so happened to have an anniversary trip with my boyfriend, our five-year anniversary. I had always wanted to go to Disney World because I never got to go as a kid. And uh, we went. I think we both <laughs> kind of hated it. Really? But, yeah, but again... I liked that I could depend on the food being good. It was one commonality that I'm like, no matter what, even the rides are, if, even if the rides are kind of bummy, which they were, even if the people are kind of shitty, which they were, yeah. even if the weather is bad, it, instead of it being hot, it actually rained the whole time. Uh, we had to go to the Uniqlo at downtown Disney and buy gloves and like a beanie, like really cold. So you had to uh, encounter humidity. I, I did have to encounter the humidity. It's, yeah, that was new thing. to me. Yeah, it's that's what they say here. You know, it's not the heat; it's the humidity. 
And it's, yeah, it's a thing. It gets they kick muggy. my ass, man. It gets really muggy. My ass. Yeah. And I'm not used to that. So actually, where I'm from in India is the south. It's a state called Kerala. Very tropical weather, not unlike Hawaii. Uh, but that's the only other time I've had to experience like true mugginess and to and to go back in that, but also with a giant crowd and a ton of rot. Let me just say, Disney is a very stimulating environment, it's, and I'm very very you, sensitive if, to that. If you can, if you're you know even somewhat intuitive by nature, it can be death by a thousand cuts. It's so many things exactly daring you to pay attention to it. It's competing for your attention, trying to. It's engineered to siphon money out of you. There are crowds of people. All of these. I think that's what it is for me is that it is the people. It's it's like the physical bodies of the people, but it's also all of these competing energies happening. Oh, my God. You and it get can me. be. Yeah, it can be kind of uh, it can really kind of overwhelm me on top of just the mental preparation of doing the thing itself, even without them there. You know. absolutely no you wow you read me like a book that's exactly how it feels and so when i'm getting really stoned it's not just recreational it's almost to like dull my senses so i'm not so easily swayed by all these people and i totally get what you're saying about the energies again we sound like a couple of hippies but this I, that's, is a, this there, is there a is real thing but there is no there is genuinely something to that i, I absolutely and i think that yeah i mean i I think that's what, um, like the medicine for me, for example, not to go back to that, but it, it prevents me from dramatically overthinking. Exactly. You know? Which and, is so easy to do when you're in a line and you're, like you said, if you have any sort of intuition, you're just observing people and taking in how they act and what they're saying and everything. Absolutely. And it's hard to just focus on yourself. So I'm, And that you was know, before COVID. And now it's just like, fuck, I don't know what any of these people are doing. <laughs> exactly. All I know what exactly. I'm doing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm following everything and right. not getting, trying not to get, you know, avoid it quite literally like the plague. But I don't know what anybody, I don't know anybody else's stances. So Oh, and that's such a good point to say like the plague. We, both times I went, this is, you know, still, we're still in COVID. So I was double masked the whole time in Florida and people treated oh. me very badly because of it. There it's was a lot of, to me. it was insane. I was like, you could always just mind your business and not say anything, but they went out of their way to say, Hey, you don't have to wear that, you know, or like, Hey, do you want to take that off? And I'm like, the more you say I should take it off, the more inclined I feel to keep it on. Yeah. And all that translates to is, Hey, you're making me feel bad. Yeah. You may, you, I know I'm now being reminded that I'm doing the wrong thing or not the, not the thing I should be doing. There's some level of like psychic trauma it's giving them that they cannot handle. You're so And so right. you have to do it. You don't you have to take it off so I don't feel bad about my actions. Exactly. Drives me nuts. It was insane. I was not expecting that, though I should have in Florida. Granted this didn't happen at Disneyland in California, but Disney World, oh my God, people went out of their way to say, Why are you wearing a mask? I was like, This is so awkward to have this conversation. You're like, Ooh, while we're here, why do you give a shit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what is happening? Exactly, this... yes. But what? so to sum it all up, I know I've really gone off no. on a monologue here. No, this is great. To sum it all up, I will say Disneyland is better than Disney World, which I never saw coming. I thought because Disney World was bigger, it would be better. That's not true. But the food at both parks were great. And I went back to Disney again recently uh, uh, with my cousins who have never been. And we we ate so much food and it really reminded me like, okay, this is why I like the parks the most. It's not even the rides. It's not even walking around it's getting to enjoy these really high quality foods at a theme park who would have thought 
those are my thoughts on Disneyland. <laughs> well, I think, you know, to your point about the, the theme park, I think, it, I, you know, having, <clears throat> excuse me, been to both myself, it was initially surprising just because you go to like a much smaller, different thing, but like kind of comparable entities. You go to like a fair and the food can be good, but it's not like damn near like gourmet in some instances. Sure. You know, have no reason to expect that. Or you go to like a Six Flags and it's like, that's trash. Sometimes eat at your own peril. like <laughs> Right. No, I think uh, I've snuck my own food in multiple times into Six Flags because I didn't want to eat their gross-ass looking corn dog. And I love God. corn dogs, but, you know, sketchy looking. I just remembered, I just, a forgotten memory from going to Six Flags in Texas when I was a kid. Oh, man. Tell me. Oh, what a, what a memory. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So we rode on the roller coaster, mm-hmm. Texas Giant. Which oh. was the you know the biggest roller coaster there it was like their signature roller coaster it was very old, as far as I could tell, and it was like felt rickety because it was it was like an old school one you know wood planks sure. and all that so I was just like eh but also kid with anxiety, sure. undiagnosed anxiety, and I was terrified. Oh, and we I rode on it. You. We rode on it, and then when we got off. I vomited in the trash can. Oh, man, I feel for you. I'm so sorry. And that sticks with you, you know? I remember, yeah, I I mean, there's a reason I'd forgotten it. It went straight to the subconscious. Yeah. But I remember it. Now now that I think about it, I also have a photo. Because they used to have a thing where you go into a photo, not a photo booth, but get your picture taken with a celebrity, but it's cardboard cutouts of all these celebrities. (laughs) And then they actually have, I have that photo too now I think about it. Oh, I, I think you owe it to the people to post it on the Instagram. I think it's on my phone. I'll post it. And it's me wearing a Hulk Hogan t-shirt. I was like six. Amazing. Five. Wearing a Hulk Hogan t-shirt. I believe Hulk Hogan. And it's me with uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. <laughs> That's perfect. What a juxtaposition. And I'm like elated. Just like, yeah. Beaming. How cute. With people Please ma- post that photo. We yeah, deserve it, was, it. And the way they, by the way, the way they do it is they make, they put the photo and then they put it in a little stencil type thing or something, so it looks like a magazine cover. Oh, so it's like, how cute! It's is like that? People Magazine or Seventeen Magazine or something. Oh, and that, yeah. I love that. I lived for that stuff when I was younger. Well, you know, I was very much trying to manifest my career now. So I, oh, I, I get it. I think it's so cute. I lived in a house with People Magazine, so I read all that stuff. So all that like gossip type stuff, I read it all still. Yeah, all into it. I, you know, I don't know what it is. Do you have any siblings, Brandon? I have an older sister, yes. Oh, oh my God. God bless her. Older sisters, you know, we really make the world go round, not to toot our own horn. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's a saint. My mom's a saint. You know, I was never a problem child, but I was pretty, you know, ang- both anxiety-ridden and rambunctious, which is probably like a... a Intense a, combo. A, a dueling Gemini twins thing, <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, oh, I feel that all the time. Uh, yeah. What's the age difference between you two? About uh, just under four years. Okay, I think that's like a healthy difference for yeah, me and my bad. brother. It's uh, my little brother is seven years younger than me. Okay. So, so when he was first born, I felt this urge to, and my my parents worked a lot. Um, I felt this urge to learn how to mother at a very young age. So, speaking of reading magazines, I would go to the local library and pick up parenting magazines because this was <laughs> pre-internet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or pre, you know. Uh, Pre-proliferation of the internet. Exactly. Yeah. And I would just read all these um, 
all these. This was, <laughs> I remember in the seventh grade going, they, there was like a share what you did over the weekend. And I was like, did you know that an infant needs to have X amount of milk every day? And kids were like, I don't know what Tatsu said, but I went to Six Flags. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, so, just, um, that's so interesting. Like the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that also kind of makes sense why you get into matchmaking, you know, in a way. Oh, I never thought of it that way. I could see just about like the, you know, like you're kind of helping people out. You know, you're there. There's an orderly nature to that, and and control, of course. Can't well, can't forget. Oh, that. I have to. I, I, man, I can be routine based because it gives me the control. I feel like I lack. Yeah, sometimes. I love a routine. It really helps, especially in all of this. Honestly, that has been you know that and doing this show, which is another part of the routine. It's really been a, it's been a savior. And I'm so impressed by you that you've done this and that you've oh, thank you. been doing it for two years and you're going strong and have a following. Like, good for you. It takes a lot of a lot of work. The Doughboys have a whole team, right? You're doing this by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... so give yourself some credit. I think that's extremely badass. Give me just one second. My dog thank keeps you. running yeah. into the room. Let me, okay. let me just kick him out real quick. Right. Hello. Hey. Hi. Sorry about that. You're we good. we live in this ancient house. It's from 1896, and some of the doors don't lock. So I had to like pull oh, up a shit. suitcase and put it up against the door so that my dog can't run in. 1896. That's incredible. It's old as time. It's honestly the only way that my boyfriend and I could afford to buy a house in in California yeah. was to buy this extremely old fixer upper and and fix it. But we're on we're on the other side of it now, which is nice. I. You know, as somebody who was, I say this, I was about to say it, like, it was a big deal, a history minor, but i a fan of history. No, that's something so that, cool. Something of that is so cool. Um, you know, just reminding yourself of, like, you know, the, the people that have trodden those same boards, you know, it's something like that is so cool. Yeah. Know. Oh, no, I feel that that is so cool that you were a history minor. AP U.S. history has to be the only ep class that i actually got a five on the rest not so much that was the only one yeah that was the only one i got a one on ap stats which is failing that is the lowest possible score you could get i literally failed it anyway i did ap history because i it was the only one that i found so interesting and i it was like i couldn't be bothered but i actually i did ap biology too now i think about it yeah i failed regular biology so props to you well i was the only C I ever got, I ever gotten into class, was regular biology, and I and it and I had somebody else I guess realized I was like, oh, you're bored, and so they put me into AP biology, and then I was fine. Damn! So, look at you. Someone really believed in you. Yeah, Mrs. Prayer, really nice person. Oh, shout out to her. <laughs> uh, boba, you ready for boba. the subtle transition? Yes. Um, <laughs> You started your boba shop, Viva La Boba, about three years ago, right? Is yeah, that? that's correct. Three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you said it like, granted, five days ago on a podcast, which was then <laughs> recorded probably maybe a month <laughs> before that. I don't know the time range, but I figured you'd probably still be safe. Um, yeah, we're in the three-year range. Three-year range. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. That's amazing. So you started, not to put it in this context, but about a year before all of this. 
No, yeah. I'm glad to, you put it in that context. Yes, we were a new business, and oh, I'm so sorry if the microphone's picking up my stomach grumbling. I didn't no, you're breakfast. good. I didn't. Okay, good. Um, but that's I'm quite glad... a wet storm to weather. <laughs> the, yeah, the pandemic. Absolutely, a dear God. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because obviously we opened in 2019 with no idea about COVID and not expecting any of that. We were very bright-eyed, bushy-tailed new business owners, uh, but we were able to survive and not only survive, but thrive because a lot of people, when COVID first happened, didn't have anywhere to be. They were working virtually from home, Mm -hmm. uh, were very limited on the kind of entertainment they had access to. And so going out to get boba became a whole thing. And so we had more customers than we were expecting during a pandemic. And as a result, our business was able to stay open. We were also uh, given some grants, PPP loans, small business grants. And there's an indigenous tribe whose mm-hmm. land we are on, the San Manuel uh, tribe. They have a casino as well, the Yamava Casino in Highland, which isn't far from San Bernardino. And they gave out uh, $20,000 grants to a lot of small businesses, and we were one of the recipients. So if it wasn't for them, I mean, who knows? And yeah. all the supportive customers, who knows if we would be open. But thank you to them and all our customers. We are open to this day because of them. And, our, of course, our team members, our baristas, are incredibly cool. Well, and talk about like looking out by the nature of the type of business you have, because it's not like a sit down restaurant at that time where you're worried about like getting sitting inside, you know, collective air and everything kind of exactly. circulating. But it's like a leisurely thing of like, wow, you can stay as long as you want or you can just pop in, grab your thing and leave. It's very it, there's for risk averse per- people. That's a possibility. Exactly. And we were. Uh, very vigilant about all of that to this day all our team members remain masked i haven't Mm. lifted that mandate at all uh customers we were asking to mask up until recently that in itself of course had a slew of problems but you know we did everything to protect ourselves and and thus i even advertised on like safe business pages like we 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 were following all these measures we got certified as COVID safe by our uh county board and yeah the nature of boba even t- down to the fact that we seal our drinks is that like you can just grab it and go. You don't have to stick around or we have a nice breezeway area where you can sit outside. Like you said, there's no shared air. We got really lucky that uh, the success of our business was not dependent on filling tables. It was just, you know, people coming at all was plenty. That really is awesome because like just um, with restaurants, it was like, well, I can do curbside. And which, you know, help mitigate that for a lot of businesses, which is awesome. Sure. And that's something I definitely frequent in with local businesses to support them and keep them going as much as you can because you don't want to... Local businesses are what give a place its vibrancy and personality. Exactly. You know, they're vital. They're I've vital. never supported so many small businesses as I did during the pandemic ever. I don't think we went to fast food even once because whenever we wanted something, I would just look up the local small business that did it and we would go there. So that, I mean, you know, not to be like... I mean, this is a good thing about COVID, but it's that to, to be able to change a mindset like that, that's a great change of habit, you know, because it's certainly, I should have done that more diligently previously. So it's well, a great say, way to think about it. You know, you I'm know. such a hoe for McDonald's. Maybe I could have spent all those years, you know, supporting a local Smashburger place. But now I know that and now I do. So we all learned. I have to vote with my dollar and Wendy's is in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wendy you know, better watch the fuck out. By the way, I say that in like Olive Garden, I just learned today is going out of business nationally. 
You're fucking kidding me. That's Are you somebody, serious? That's what somebody told me. I need to confirm this in retrospect, but um, the reason I found out is because there, there's an Olive Garden like, I don't know, like 15, 15 minutes from where I am right now, and I heard it was going out of business, and then somebody told me it's going out of business not just because that one floundered, but they, they all are. They're all going out of business. Ha-ha. Well, I'm sorry, of course, to the people who are losing their jobs, but... Olive Garden should have died a long time ago. And I I hope this means there is a rise of local, real Italian small businesses. Isn't there a whole thing? And maybe I heard this on a Doughboys episode that Olive Garden doesn't even market themselves as an Italian restaurant. It's like Italian, Italian inspired or something cheeky like that. How does that? That's interesting. I wonder what that does for them. Like maybe gets them out of trouble if they get sued or something. But yeah, I am curious. What what did they why couldn't they just say, "Oh, we're an Italian restaurant?" They really had to say, "Oh, we're not really wink wink, but you know, <laughs> come anyway." Cuz it's got to be there's got to be an advantage to that cuz it's such a specific choice. Then I'm like, "What? What did they uh, Yeah, I don't that's interesting. I'm going to get them on the phone and I'll report back. What's uh, yeah. You, we have questions and you <laughs> yeah. better have answers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe maybe you need to call from inside the place because then you'll be family technically. Oh, I you know? like that. I can work my way up. Follow uh, follow back up with me in ten years. I will have made my way okay, up cool. the ranks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll set a reminder on my phone for ten years, and I'll def- <laughs> and I'll certainly have the same phone. So don't worry, it'll <laughs> it'll still work. It won't. I won't have a new phone every year. And Two a half years or whatever. Just like yeah. Apple wants us to. That's such a weird thing, by the way. The idea that they're like. It's an open admittance that they're disposable. Ugh, it doesn't. And it stresses me out that I'm a, like a part of the system by having a phone. I yeah, I really, I need to take a step back from all that stuff. Like from social media, I need to do less because uh, I do think that's a certainly a bad habit about like oh Twitter update 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 sure. and all of this and. Uh, but you talk know. about FOMO, right? Especially not even on a personal level, but in terms of our our careers like especially you as a podcaster we almost have to be on social media it's kind of annoying like the turnover is we don't have a choice yeah Yeah. it's you know what they say about like in theory like they say tribally we were initially tribe that would encounter less than you know 200 people or less in our lives but now with geography not being really a thing with the internet and us being able to counter all these people that was just truly information overload and we know too much. Yeah, I believe that. But I on the other it. side, I'm grateful and I could never truly knock social media because what if you and I never got to chat, you know, because I never Absolutely. would have run it's, into you. It's why this show exists, like truly. So, and and what if I was like, and that's the reason the internet's great, that one thing. No, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's but it, it brings awareness to things we would never known about. Like, so when people say that, well, there's more crime or this. And I'm like, is there or are we just aware of it? Right. I don't think there's any more. I think we just know about it now. Yeah, I don't think it's more lawless. And and granted, (laughs) in certain ways, yes. But uh, in terms of law and order type shit, no, I I don't think that. And unfortunately, you know, as we found in June 2020, not to be too serious, but we saw things we never would have seen as difficult as those were to see. Mm -hmm. But thank God we knew because, yeah. quite frankly, fuck that. So, yep, what do there? So there we go. But boba, subtle transition. <laughs> I, I do. I do have a general, very ignorant boba question. Oh please. Is boba is the purpose of boba to flavor the drink, 
or to just eat the boba or both? What a good question. So, so boba is flavored in itself, but yes. not so much so that you would eat it by itself. Okay. So it makes sense in other foods. It doesn't just have to be a drink. I've noticed a, a resurgence of boba recently. Now it's in ice cream. You okay. can put boba on top of cakes. The problem is, though, boba has like such a short shelf life, and it's only good for maybe four hours right after it's freshly made that it, it really is hard to put it in anything but a drink. That's why it's often, you know, associated with drinks. But And that's one of your, it takes a lot of time to prepare it even before that. So yeah. it's a lot of work for what is in and of itself a short shelf life, let alone relative to how much work it takes to get there. Exactly. Which is why it doesn't make a lot of sense to eat it by itself, but you can. And there are days, I mean, every day when I make, when I make the boba, I check it, I taste it. I just take like a little shot glass worth just to make sure it, it tastes right. Yeah. But some people do come in and order it a la carte. And whenever they do, I ask them, Hey, what are you buying it for? And there have been a ton of cool ideas. Someone's like, I just made Thai tea cupcakes and I wanted to put fresh boba on it. I thought That's that cool. was cool. Uh, someone else, um, what did they say that I thought was so interesting? Oh, they were doing like an an Asian food themed night and everyone had to bring their own charcuterie board of stuff. And this person brought deconstructed boba. So she bought boba from me a la carte. Then she had um, matcha powder and she had crepes and was doing some kind of deconstructed boba thing. I don't know, but That's I thought that was that was cool. This is something and different. It's a, it seems like a different. very, you know, when I was hearing you on the Doughboys podcast, not knowing a lot about boba, so it was increasing my knowledge exponentially. But it was interesting just how um, it's both temperamental, seemingly, in mm -hmm. that it takes a lot of time to make and it has a short shelf life, but it's also incredibly pliable. There are yes. so many different ways to use it. Seemingly unlimited. It's like, really, it's like the limitations are your imagination at this point. Absolutely. Which is really impressive. Once you have it, then you can really go all the way. It's the it's the getting it, making yeah. it, all that, which is a bitch, which is why I applaud the people who are like, oh, duh, we should just go to Viva La Boba and order it a la carte, which I'm happy to, to sell. That's Thinking about, too, your, your trip when you went to, was it Mexico, Denmark, China? Yeah, um, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. When you went there... Was that, I know that that was like a research or as you put on your website, a tea search trip, which I enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, was it, I imagine that was like an intense trip in that what you're probably, you know, testing flavors, taking flavors, you're uh, sourcing prospective sourcers, you're looking at different styles of tea depending on the country or maybe even the shop because again, mm -hmm. it is so malleable that. I imagine that was like the, there was a lot like information overload if that was the purpose yes. of it. Yeah, a lot of information overload. And as you already know, I'm very sensitive to feeling <laughs> to feeling overwhelmed. But yeah, I can get, um, can get intense. So, so when we went to China, obviously you're closer to Taiwan, the birthplace of boba. There yeah. was more boba places than we knew what to do with. And that was great. Obviously, I was like, okay, I have a lot to work with here. Then you go to a place like Mexico. I think there was one boba shop in all of Mexico City. Probably by now there are more. Yeah. But it was that stark contrast that that forced me to think outside of the box. And yes, it was information overload, which translated to us having too many choices when we first created our menu for Viva. And 
this is something I wanted to avoid because that's common in a lot of boba shops. I remember as a kid going to my local boba spot that is still open to this day. Their menu was huge. It was like three huge panels put on the fl- uh, on the wall and it was hard to navigate. And a lot of Doughboys listeners reached out to me about this, about how they relate to being so overwhelmed, even Mitch, that they don't know what to order. Yeah. So I really wanted to avoid that. So I kind of met in the middle. I was like, okay, Mexico, which doesn't have really any boba at all. I want to take that simplicity and also add China, where they have every kind of boba you could ever imagine, and kind of uh, split the difference. So what we ended up with were a few specialty drinks inspired from Mexico, like the Jamaica and our horchata, cold brew, mango, mango nada, all that. Um, without going too far into the, hey, just like Taiwan, we have a 20-foot menu with every combination you could think of, just to be sensitive to people like me who get uh, easily overwhelmed. That so analysis I, I, paralysis, it's too much. You know, it's, it's all... so much. It, it cancels each other out. And and I will say that it kind of like, sometimes when you go to a restaurant um, and you see this gigantic menu, a party is like, can they do all of these really well? You know, is oh, it... Oh, I always question that. Is it too much stuff no, that they right? do okay? You know, it's like a diner. And sometimes they can be amazing, amazing diners. But sometimes it's also like, wow, they do a shit ton of things pretty well. Yeah. But but if if I go to a restaurant and they have like nine things, I'm like, shit, this must all be so good. Right. I feel the same way. And yeah, I have like a heart attack every time I go to Cheesecake Factory because I can't even get through <laughs> the menu. The menu is intense. It's so intense. But no, you, you, you got it exactly right. You don't... And it's so against what I'm trying to do in my shop. I want people to feel welcome. I want them to come back. I want them to feel comfortable and enjoy their drink. And if as soon as they walk in, they can't even decipher the menu, we're already off uh, to a bad start. Yeah. Well, and like you said about on the Dumb Boys podcast, again, that's my my large point of reference, but you mentioned that uh, you don't put anything on the menu that you don't like. So in that respect, I can imagine... You're trying to create an environment you also like. Yes, that's the th- and that's huge. I'd never sell anyone anything I wouldn't drink myself. The exception to this, and I've warmed up to it, is taro milk tea, which is incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't offer it at first, and so many people were asking for it that I was like, okay, fine, we'll sell it. And now it's like one of our top three yeah. bestsellers, which is insane. Something I was not going to sell at all. So it <laughs> overrode it. Bestseller. It yes. overrode it because it's like, well, we're also providing for customers, and this is what exactly. they want. It's also here for money, so okay, fair enough. Yeah, but that's the one exception. Everything else, and taro is good. It's just that I don't like it. I'm a bit picky. But yeah, I don't know. For everything else on the menu, there's not one thing on there. And I've taken things off the menu as a result. If after a few tries, I'm like, you know, this just isn't up to our standards, I just take it off the menu. So it's- I really, I really want an environment that I am confident in selling because i can speak to every single thing on the menu okay and that makes total sense is it you know speaking of that about taking certain things off is it are it's a pretty set menu or do are you doing still doing like r&d figuring out like possible new flavor combinations and new possibilities what a good question we are always doing r&d which is maybe something i didn't think we would be doing when we first opened i kind of thought okay we have a menu this is it and uh, me and my, my boyfriend both, I actually credit this more to my boyfriend because again, I'm a, I'm a woman of routine. He is the one who is always thinking out of the box and he'll go to a random spot, again, our tea search and be like, Hey, I thought this idea was really cool. 
oh, why don't we do something similar? Or why don't we order more syrups and, and try this out? He is way more willing to create new things. So as a result, actually, we just started something called Aha, the Zodiac Collection. Amazing. <laughs> so every, every Zodiac period, for example, right now we're in tourist season, we have a specialty drink that's only available for that month or however long it is. And after that, it's gone. And it's made with ingredients that we won't offer after the drink is gone. So it's like a now or never kind of thing. And, um, and if you are a tourist or if you show your ID and your birthday falls within the dates, you get a discount. So that's a fun little thing, but all those drinks, we're totally just, you know, that's our fun way of being like, Hey, this is a cool drink. I've wanted to try it probably won't make it to the permanent menu, but maybe we can offer it just for a, a little while as a, as a fun little thing. That's really smart because that, that limited time offer factor that really they provide stakes, you know, that ticking yes. clock. The ticking clock is an important part of a lot of movies. It's a it's a trope. Yeah. That goes a long way psychologically to, to drive so business. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I had someone drive uh, from L.A., which on a good day is an hour, but on a bad day, which is when they came, can be two and a half hours. And she said, uh, I heard, what what season was it? I heard the Aries drink isn't going to be sold uh, starting tomorrow. So I, I wanted to make sure I came and got it. And I was oh, wow. like, oh my God, That's amazing. I drove all the way from LA. I've never been so flattered. That's so cool. I love Thank that. You. Um, okay, we're at the hour that I promised. Honestly, I have all the time that you could need. So if you want to keep going, feel free. If you want to wrap it up, it's all let's you. Do, let's do five. Well, I really don't, but I do have to have some self-control. So let's do five more minutes and then we're good. You got but, it. Um, at what point do you think you your business really hit hit the stride where you really got a sense of it, you know, like what the customer base would be? I know it's going to be fluctuating and ideally, of course, you're going to get more and more people so you have to adjust. But when do you think you really kind of got it down to a science? Because I know, like you said, 1230, you know, you open at 11 is when the boba is pretty much ready. So that is own... By itself, that's a singular thing that you have to get down to a science. Totally. When when do you think you really hit your stride with the business, even with, I guess, with the COVID fluctuations and everything happening? Wow, these are such thoughtful questions. I think we've really hit our stride maybe a year into business. That's when I felt confident. And maybe that's because I'm, I'm data-driven. I was able to look back and be like, okay, okay. based on yeah. this year's worth of data, this is where we're going to, this is how I forecast the next year going. And, w- and general, the first year is a threshold for a business. Yes. yes. You're like, yeah. oh boy, because it's like, what is it? One in seven, something like that. Seven out of 10, don't make it to a year. It's something like Yeah, and the shocking. number only dwindles as yeah. each year goes on. So yeah. I think once you make it to five years, you can settle down a little bit. But we're okay. only in year three, so I'm, I'm still not all that confident. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say a year in is when I could think like, okay, um, I have a feel for who our customers are, what they want, what they don't want. Uh, we got so much feedback that really helped. I, I live off the feedback. I love reviews, even the bad ones. I welcome them because that's how I learn what needs to change. Oh, so, say, yeah, I want to improve. So please. Exactly. Yeah. Good, so good I, is I better. Good is better. But Exactly. Uh, yeah, I get that. So I would say yeah, my, uh, a year is, is enough time to to get a feel, which is a long time. If you think about it, that's one year of business every day that you're going in and putting in the work that you're still trying to figure out if you're on the right track. But after a year, we felt a lot more confident. And so, yeah, at least to your point about being data driven, that's, that's the beginning of a reliable trend. One, exactly. one would imagine something to where 
you can at least feel confident in the numbers as opposed to a sample size of three months and you're like, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Who knows? In three months, we were thinking maybe three months from now we could be closed. Who knows? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I was always curious about that. Um, how much... I know it's three years, so I, I'm sure... Because we're, as you would expect, later to trends, so we get them a handful of years after everybody else here in Arkansas. Sure. So, like, yogurt was probably out, done, you know, the trend in California by the time we got it, and then now it's dead, just like it, it tends to happen. But we do have boba shops here. Um, and how you were pretty confident, I guess, in boba as a concept to establish and maintain a business previous to doing it at that point? Yes. I think that, I think mostly though location is important because we're in Southern California and there's a huge Asian population and we're so close to um, places like Monterey Park, which is close to LA. It's huge Asian population. I knew that people, one, already knew what it was and two, would want it because people drive to Redlands, which is where I live, uh, for boba, whereas in San Bernardino, where we opened, there was no boba. So I knew there's an entire market of people. And also, my boyfriend and I were the market. We were the ones who, when we we first started dating, we were the ones who had to drive 20 minutes just to get it. So I'm like, you know, if people like you and me want it right here in San Bernardino, surely other people do as well. Um, But yeah, we we got lucky. I would say... That if I were to open in Little Rock, which honestly I would love to, there's a benefit to being late, uh, late to the trend is that I can hop on and and sure. be there. But um, I would worry, yeah, if people don't know what this is, are they less likely to buy it? Are we more likely to go out of business? The answer is yes, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try anyway. So that's something no. I'm, I'm grappling with now. If I want to go global, which I do, I should try and open a shop back in India or in Kuwait where I grew up where they very much don't have boba and maybe I should be the person to bring it. But of course, it, that is a big risk. What if everyone's like, no one fucking wants your brown sugar balls <laughs> go back to America, you know? That's the thing. It's like, how do you know, you know, if you're earlier on in it, which it was a pretty firmly established thing when you did, thankfully. So a lot of that market testing in a way had been done for you mm-hmm. by other places in terms of, it's like, the question is like, how viable is this or is this just a passing fad? Right. Because like scary. cupcake places and yogurt places, those things popped up in three or four different iterations here. And it's just like none of them, I don't think any of them are here anymore. Yeah. And you know, your business is only as good as your longevity. And okay, if you're if you're asking me what I think the next trend is that's going to yes, burn please. out, mochi nuts. Have you heard of that? They're like I, mochi I have, donuts. Yeah. God, first of all, ugh. I no hate. I sound like such a hater. I just don't <laughs> like them. I think they, I love mochi and I love donuts, but I think the combo doesn't work. They taste extremely artificial, but I'm seeing them pop up everywhere. And I worry that most of these businesses are not going to be here in a year when this trend dies out because their product is just trendy. It's not good enough or high quality enough to have that longevity and I really were set another reminder on your phone one year from now. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about mochi and see what, see where mochi nuts are. Because that coupled with the just also just the the oversaturation of it by itself, you know, that it's the product is one thing and that also can be a short a fad and just not like a realistic thing in a long term manner, but also like the fact that they're everywhere, people just get tired of it and it kind of becomes white noise. Exactly. Sorry, my dog's barking. Let me, wait. Let me wait till he's done. 
<laughs> no, I can drown that out. I'm sure it's fine. Okay, okay. If you can drown out, that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, you're you're totally you're totally right. The a product has to be more than trendy. It has to be trendy now and also something people will want in ten, fifteen, twenty years. It must be really difficult to to find that, you know, to become a new, yes. not even not necessarily a staple because that's probably unfair, but something that really is like, uh, I'm sure a, ma- a major component is just the 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 uh, return factor. Of getting absolutely return business, it's not just because you can't obviously sustain a business on new customers all the time. It's got to be, I don't, I forget, I don't know what retainment. I guess is the no, way. you nailed it. Yep, yeah, you need people to come back. That's that's such a big part of it. Because I can get anyone through the door once, but my whole thing is I need them. I need them to come back. And word of mouth too must be gigantic. Because yes, you know. that this is where. Um, being, you know, pretty well connected and knowing a lot of people has really come in handy because anyone who'll listen, I'll bring up that I have a boba <laughs> shop and you'll be surprised who just shows up and is like, I heard from so-and-so that you had a boba shop and I was in town and I came by. Like, my God, that is the the classic old-fashioned way of doing business for years, right, is referral. So I'm, I'm very grateful to anyone who has ever told someone, hey, my friend has a boba shop, you should go. Thank you. You're the yeah. you're the backbone of my business. Thank you. I think honestly, you know, this probably is reductive, but I, I do think that maybe just having the word boba, it's a very evocative, interesting, like compelling word to me. Sure. Like boba. Oh, what's interesting? What's that? Well, right. Well, and it's, it's more it's fun than saying bubble tea. I've I very yeah. I very very purposely decided to only refer to it as boba because bubble tea is cute in its own way but i don't know not the same something about it i feel like boba is more um evocative and bubble i don't know it it may not maybe psychologically it doesn't have the best associations um, i agree and, bubble tea sounds like something that would make me feel sick it makes you because it, it feels like it make you feel sick it also feels like it undermines a legitimate business by being associated with like a childlike thing Oh, I, Maybe I agree. Maybe it doesn't do great. Um, I agree. Boba's interesting. I like that. Thank you. And that's, I mean, so much so that we put it in, in our name to be very clear about what we sell. Viva La, that's a great name, too. Viva La Boba. Thank like you. It. Thank you. Okay. Now we got to Now we gotta stop it. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, no problem. I, I'm having so much fun talking to you, though. Thank this you. This is so easy and so great. I really appreciate your time. This was this I appreciate was a you asking me. I'm extremely yeah, flattered. Thank you. Absolutely. Um. I think I already know the answer to this, but what all do you want to plug? What do you, what do you want to point people toward before we <laughs> I wrap would, it up? I would love to plug my boba shop, Viva La Boba. If you're ever in San Bernardino, please come by. I always say if I'm there, I will buy you a drink. Just mention that you heard me on this podcast and we can talk about it and be friends. Um, I'm also an actress and a screenwriter. If you need me to audition for your project or you need help writing something, hit me up. You can find me uh, on Instagram at Tunsu Philip or at TunsuPhilip.com. Perfect. Yes. I was going to ask about uh, <laughs> Series Fest too, but we can get to that on another day. Another day. No problem. Another day. Uh, but yeah, thank you again. This was so Thank you, Brandon. You're so, so cool. I'm glad to have a new friend in Little Rock. Yeah. There you go. Come on down. Enjoy I will. One day I there. honestly will, and I will hit you up. It's a great, it really is a great city. It truly is. Uh, now I'm going to abruptly go into landing mode. Thank you all for listening. Please stay safe. Please take care. Please lead with empathy. 
And you know, it's okay to not be okay. Take care. Bye.